Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Racing Line podcast. We're now up to episode 63, the second episode for 2023, and our first episode of four um, to preview the Bathurst 12 hour, um, arguably one of Australia's biggest races now. Um, so we've got a few uh, episodes lined up with you or lined up for the next fortnight um, that Joseph's been putting together. And first of the bunch, we have friend of the podcast, second time on the podcast, currently in training camp, preparing for the Bathurst 12 hour, Marcel Zalua from Valmont Racing. So welcome, mate. Thank you so much for jumping on. How are you going, buddy? Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Joseph. It's uh, it's good to be back. I've been following you guys since the last podcast. So always enjoyable listening to you, boys. Thanks, mate. Um, let's jump straight into it then. So the first the first podcast that we did was a little bit more um, biographical in nature, kind of asking you about your story, about the influences that kind of led you to where you are as a professional, but also as a gentleman driver. Um, we're not going to hash that out again, but what we were kind of wanting to focus on in this particular podcast was what you learnt through last year's experience um, entering the GT3s with with Valmont, um, doing the Bathurst 12-hour, a couple of um, GT World Challenge Australia events, um, and then what position that puts you in moving into, you know, the upcoming 12-hour. So probably the yeah. best place to start would be from last year's experience, kind of what we collectively, what we able to take away from it. Yeah, look, last year was always set to be a, a year of learning for us. So it was the first time we're jumping into a GT3 car, um, you know, driving the, the Porsches and the Michelin Sprint Challenge was was awesome fun, awesome fun, but it's very different style of racing, different style of car. So jumping into the Merc um, was, you know, it was it was always going to be a, an interesting journey for us and we wanted to take our time learning before we really got stuck into into you know the real classes of, mm. of GT racing so you know we we did the um, the three hour we did the 12 hour so we feel like we're, we're prepared pretty well um, the cars being upgraded currently so you know this will be the first time we actually go into a, a 12 hour with the current spec car as, as a Valmont racing team with Tagani Motorsports and and that's that's exciting for us you know we're going to have the same kit as everyone else and and we're there to to fight for for a win and in silver class that's, that's what we're after you know we're, we're we're laying it all on the line and that's um that's all we're there to do i think one of the things that was impressive as a fan was i mean obviously the correct me if i'm wrong but the 12 hour um idea for last year came about later in the year and it kind of all happened very quickly you know going into the 12 hour um as a team, you performed really well there. There was a it was a chaotic race. There was aquaplaning. There was you know all kinds of things going on. So as a you know when you finished that race, um, what were your kind of thoughts collectively as a team as to how you performed, um, what you were able to learn from the experience, and even you know um, were you critical of any of anything that you did poorly as a team or at the very least, say, for next year, we need to have these things in place specifically due to these experiences yeah. we've had. Yeah, look, I think um, look, it, was a, it was a real interesting weekend. We did Saturday was 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 a mega 
you know, Serge did a great job qualifying and then and Devashin, you know, absolutely killed it. Got in the top 10, which was which was amazing for, for us. Um, it was a learning experience, you know, me being put in the car at sort of such a tricky time was probably the wrong call and it was a rush sort of decision from a team perspective when we look back at it in hindsight. You know, was I going in the car, wasn't I going in the car? It was, it was quite a manic period because it, it hadn't started raining but it started spitting when we came in for the pit stop and there was, you know, a lot of confusion. Do you go west? Do you not go west? So it was really, really tricky tricky for the, um, the team to make those calls. I think what we've learned over the last year was, um, you know, just having the right people around us is going to be really key. The, the calm minds, the, the people who, who are trained to do certain aspects of of um, of engineering and, and strategists and those sorts of things. You learn very quickly. You actually need those people around you to make the right calls at, at the tricky times. Um you know, we have a great team, Dean Canto, you know, great driver trainer, but he was doing engineering for us. You know, that's a lot of responsibility for someone like him to to take on all of those sort of tasks. So we're, we're this year, we're, we're breaking it down into smaller chunks and giving people specific jobs. And Nathan from Tagani Motorsport has been doing a great job in, in really helping us um, get the right team together. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably the biggest thing to take away from me personally, you know, when we first bought the Merc, I had a really scary moment in the wet when I first got in the car, and that sort of set me back. I'm, I'm normally very good in the wet, but um, me and that car, we, we, uh, we, we're currently, we've got a love-hate relationship. When it rains, we hate each other, but when yeah. it's dry, we were okay. But when you were like, like in, um, in Adelaide, in the bend, was it raining as well? Yeah. Yeah, I felt like it was a wet weekend there too. Mate, the, the, the rain seems to follow us whenever we're in that car, but look, it's... Um, <laughs> The, the 12 hour was something else right so it was it was really tricky to drive in those conditions and the car just wasn't responding to be able just wasn't be able to get heat in the tires mm. um so I, I was literally driving on an ice rink it was it was a scary period for me um and i had that small moment which was small like it didn't even make tv it was that small yeah but it caused such such um significant damage in terms of time which was really disappointing for us so you know i'm keen to make amends I feel like those conditions though from the from the start of that race were probably the, the worst we've ever seen at a Bathurst 12 hour to begin with because of the time of year that it was. Usually it's in summer. So, you know, even though it's it's you're starting in the night, it's there's usually it's you know, usually a bit uh, pretty hot and then you start racing into the morning and the and the temperature just comes up. But I was watching the highlights again of that race just today, just to prepare myself um and remind myself what happened. And I was like, man, I could not I um, I didn't remember it being that foggy. And then once the fog cleared, then it was just wet. Um, oh, it was, and I was like, it was. <laughs> you remember having to search for somewhere to stay in the pits because it was raining? Yeah, I, I, I did after I did after I started watching it. But I was like, I was like, for you know, someone who's never really driven the car to sort of tackle the hardest track, they are the least favorable conditions you can ask for. Yeah, um, it was. It was uh, it was very interesting. I've done some pretty dumb things in my life, but that was probably one, one of the, one of them that'll be up there. The other one would be Dubai, but that's a different story. <laughs> Marcel, you you uh, made mention of the um, the um, relationship with relationship Tugani. that you've established with Tagani, um, and yep. I think in the middle or towards the end of last year, and it seems like based on what you've just said, you know, the reasoning for that. How did that uh, relationship? coalition come about 
um, oh. and then um, was that specifically designed or was that specifically, you know, considering the 12 hours and then obviously, you know. No, no not, not particularly. Um, it was, you know, Jeff did a wonderful job for us. So, so he was running the car at the time. Um, he did a great job. We had the Merc with, with Jeff and then we had our other cars with Nathan who was working with Jose um, pretty closely. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, we just wanted all the cars in one workshop um, and it just happened. We, we decided to go with Nathan because he was more readily available for how we want to operate. That's pretty much the only reason. But since then, he's been wonderful. Like he's, he's keen, he's young, he's, he wants to build a real successful race team. Um, so we're happy to join him and, and support him along the journey and and he can bring those skill sets and, and help us improve as well. So, so, um, you, so is, is it a relationship essentially where you're bringing the hardware and they're bringing the expertise and the and the engineering and all that kind of stuff? So we essentially we've, we're bringing the car and then he brings everything else. Great. So, yeah. so that's um, that, that's essentially how it's running. Yeah, and you get to focus more on driving, driving. driver. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, we also saw you venture into a bit of GT World Challenge. Um, you had a hmm. successful weekend out at um, at uh, the Bend Motorsport Park. We also saw Serge get in the car with Brad Schumacher at um, in Adelaide, Adelaide, which was you know really cool to see um, a Valmont car in the in the cup, cup trophy class. I think it's called um, back then. Um, today the schedule came out for the 2023 Fanatec GT World Challenge um, season. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Um, would it be, uh, are we going to be seeing the Valmont racing team at all events or at this stage still just, you know, select events? Look, at the moment, um, we probably will go select events. Uh, we want to do more endurance stuff. So prod sports in New South Wales will be having um, two or three three-hour races. Um, so we We'll probably stick to, to doing those and, and we might select a few of the Australian GT events. But at the moment, we, we haven't really decided anything yet. It's been um, very much a focus is getting the car prepped and ready, upgraded, ready for the 12-hour, and then we'll decide what, what happens from there. But um, will we be in the car this year? 100%. There is a big race in, in New Zealand at Highlands, um, there's a six-hour race over there, so we're going to definitely awesome. ship ship the car to, to the Highlands and, and do a race down there. So, look, for us, the 12-hour and any any long endurance race is, is where we want to be at. Um, the spring rounds are fun, but you know, they're, not, they're not exactly what we're after at this point in time. But we'll see what we'll do. Who knows? You know, Surge like, has, has a bug. So I feel like, um, like this is um, – what you're talking about is sort of the beauty of a GT of the GT three um, sort of formula and package that you can sort of ship the same car around and do select, you know, races here and there, you know, because the, the um, sort of cat- category facilitates it, you know, and, and, and once you sort of become familiar with, or in your case, the AMG, you're, you're just going to be going and enjoying different circuits, different racetracks. Um, I think that's one thing that, you know, I think, uh, Kenny Habul has sort of shown that as well, like on an even sort of bigger scale. He just cherry picks races he wants to do now. Yeah. You know, one race is using one team in America. Next time he's using, you know, STM here, then he's using yeah. a different European team. It is a, yeah. it's a great um, platform to do these kind of things. 
Yeah, hundred percent, and that's something that we're we're super keen on. You would have seen the Groves just finished fourth in the Dubai Twenty Four yep. Hour. Um, yeah, that's an awesome result. That's an awesome race. I did that last year. Um, you know, that's a significant result um, from my perspective. That that is a real tough race. Mm. You know, you know, next year, do we ship our car and do it do Dubai? You know, do we send it to Europe and do a couple of rounds there? I mean, for us, we're we're professional amateurs and. And our our job is to to go out and have fun and make memories. That's what I want to do. So, you know, we want to we want to test ourselves against the best. And sometimes that means you know sticking it in a container and shipping it elsewhere and, and trying your luck. I've got to say, based on the the lists that came out for all the driver lineups that came out a couple of weeks ago now, um, particularly the silver the silver cup looks very very competitive. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, with how uh, Padiachi, you know, um, drove for you last year and also picking up Aaron um, Aaron Cameron, who seems to be killing everything that is driving, like in a good way, seems to be killing it in everything that is driving. Um, you boys have a, a real shot. Like if you can, you know, stay out of trouble, um, there might be, you know, a sneaky bet or two on, on, on the Valmont team because, you know, it, your lineup is as good as any other. Uh, in the silver cup, which is which is really, as a from from a fan's point of view, really good to see. Yeah, um, look, I, I think it's going to be a super challenging category. Um, I did in twenty twenty in the Lamborghini in the silver cup, and that was that was twelve hours of sprint racing. That was crazy. Um, you know, so this this will be competitive. There's a few teams that haven't announced, like the Audis. Who knows who's in those Audis? But I've got a sneaking suspicion that. <laughs> Fraser Ross and Liam Talbot will have a silver class car and they'll be the ones to beat because they'll be lightning fast. And then you've got D. Alberto and David Wall and that team, like great like season campaigners, you know. Yeah. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be fun. Then you've got the Greeks, the Conduras brothers, you know, they're they're always they're always fun. <laughs> Super fun bun, to race right? again. Super bun, yeah. Even are the KFC boys um Greek as well? No, I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, well. I'm telling you that lineup. I think the silver class for me is going to be, you know, just with the the depth and as an Australian, they're definitely names that we associate with more. You know, obviously, there's the big, you know, Europeans. You know, Matt Campbell's coming back the week after racing at Daytona, so there's going to be some big names there. But um, you know, if the lineup that you've got, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I think you guys have a have a real shot at it. To be honest with you, right, let's see how we go. I mean, yeah. it's twelve hours. It's anything can happen. Like. <laughs> You know, you go into into the race with all the right intentions. You do all the lead-up training. You prepare yourself as best you can. You get there and, you know, you just don't know what's going to be around the corner. So it's, a, it's all about getting to the last hour, I think. And once we get to the last hour, I hand it to either Aaron or Devashin and set them three. Just go well, for it. <laughs> what is the... um? What is the uh, sort of preparation window like for you coming to an event like this, like in terms of getting a team ready, also getting yourselves ready? Um, you're looking, I don't know, but you're looking a little bit fitter than you were last time. Is that, um, yeah. obviously that's a conscious decision as well. Yeah, um, look, it definitely is. I mean, for for me personally, um, this is, it's the best time of year for me to get training. You know, work sort of slows down. I, I end up taking sort of December, January off. It's my downtime and um, it's a really good way to stay away from Christmas parties and those sorts of things because, you know, yep. that they uh, they can definitely slow down. So, yeah, come December, I, I sort of switch off and get into this zone and, and it's great for me personally. I get into a real good position and um, I start the year off in a, in, a, in a fantastic way. So, 
you know, it's a it's probably a twelve week or or a 10, 10 week sort of cycle, um, and it's you know eating well, no alcohol, very minimal alcohol, you know, just just training a huge amount yeah. and getting yeah. a real good frame of mind. And and you sort of have to like Bathurst last year was done in May. It's a different beast in February. Mm. Like it, yeah. it could be forty something degrees. Yeah, it's it is hard. It's taxing on the body, um, and it's you know you you have that heat and that and that um, that sort of anxiety from from the adrenaline and the pressure and all that culminates into into real big days and and you need to be fit to handle it and handle it well. When you um when you ran um, the Lamborghini, I think it was. Two years ago, was it before COVID? I can't even remember. Yeah, it was before COVID. Yeah, and it happened very late on that you that you um, joined up that with that team. Yeah, um, were you in a position like you spoke about how difficult it was just to get through your your stints? You know that year. Um, mm. Were you in a good like obviously? Nowhere near as fit as I am today. Okay, and that's obviously impacted the way you think about it moving forward. I'm assuming as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, another thing that was shown a couple of months ago was the new livery that you boys have. A little bit different from the gold and black, but definitely, um, <laughs> I'll say it's eye catching. That was my that was my thing. I was just like, guys, we need to change it up. I just, yeah. I want to do something different. So it was like, oh, I'm like, it's a new car. Let's just do something different. So, okay, what do you got in mind? And I, I asked um, Tim Patterson from TP Race Design to to come up with something crazy. Um, I sent him a couple of images I, I, I liked and that was his first crack at it and it was awesome. We were like, yeah, we love it. Nice. It's, it's, it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone, but... I think it's going to be one of those liveries that um, will look better in the flesh than it does in a render. Yeah. If, you, if you, you're just too much of like a purist, like you, you can't, you can't think outside the box. Like no, you and I, your helmets and I you and your car designs, you just, you can't wrap your head around abstracts. So I love the car. You I know think what it's I thought awesome. could improve it though? Cause there's a few, um, oh, here we go. there's a few go. just color patches, a, ra- a big racing line podcast sticker on it. I reckon that would just <laughs> fill up some of the space. You, are, Mate, you, you get the, you get the stickers and you drop them off to the garage. <laughs> I need them by Friday. I'll bring a. I'll bring one of those um, squeegees to to. Mate, you bring me a sticker and I'll put it on the car somewhere. <laughs> nice I've got one. I've got the guys from Shakedown going on the car that they've requested and I said yes. Nice. So if you if you want a racing line one on there, mate, I'll stick it on there. All right, I'll I'll, I'll figure something out then. That's uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. You spoke about obviously a little bit last year about yeah. your love for all different kinds of races. We've spoken about, you know, you're doing a few races in the Middle East, etc. Just to change it up a little bit, if you had, if your wife was happy to go anywhere, because obviously we, we have to consider the kids when we go on your races because you need somewhere for them to enjoy themselves as well. Yeah. You have four tracks or four races that you can do right now, GT3, uh, international. In, anywhere. Anywhere in the world. Your, your bucket list tracks. What are they? Your four, your four bucket lists. Oh, if the could have asked him this next year when when Le Mans allows GT three cars, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> mate. Le Mans, Le Mans has been a Le Mans has been a a goal of mine since I was very very young. I wanted to compete in Le Mans for hours. I've sort of come to grips with I probably never will, 
but you need to you need to have that big dream in front of you somewhere to chase. Um, but if I was to, in reality, if I was to pick four four tracks, um, it'll probably be Spa, mm. Indianapolis, or Daytona, either or. Yeah. Um, you know, Bathurst I've done, so I'll probably leave Bathurst off it. Um, yeah. Barcelona. Nice. Um, there's an awesome 12 hour and 24 hour in Barcelona, which I'd love to do. Um, yeah. And you can't go past as scary as it would be the Nordschleiber, the 24 hours of, of um, you know, the Nürburgring. That's... Would, you, would you, like, would you, um, if the opportunity was to arise, would you jump at that one? Because I feel like out of, out of all of the ones we just mentioned, I think due to the fact that you have like so many like smaller cars running around as well. Um, and I like, I like to refer to it as the goat track because it's just so narrow. Uh, yeah. Like I, I feel like for me, it's just, it looks like one of the, the gnarliest. Yeah. It, uh, is, it really is ball sore. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. And that's, that's why you sort of, there's that in, you know, you get intrigued by by stuff like that. Mm, yeah. um, you know, I did the twenty four hour of Dubai as a reserve driver last year. There were ninety eight yeah. cars on the grid or something. Mm, yeah, that that was gnarly. But the sense of achievement, and we didn't even finish, by the way. Someone, mm, yeah. one, of, one of the other guys, crashed the car with an hour to go. Um, the sense of achievement is phenomenal in a twenty four hour race. There's something really special about it. So to be able to do that and finish it. Nordschleiber, geez, that's, that's something true. else. That is that's something true. else. That's a proper achievement, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, what better way to see, you know, hundreds of thousands Germany. of de- Germans sitting there cooking sausages, letting off fireworks. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. definitely have, it's, apparently in the evening when the drivers go through, I can't know exactly, the, there's a particular section, I think it's three left-handers and you've got like a banking where they all barbecue at like 6 yeah. night. And apparently all the smell of the sausages and the meat wafts onto the track and the drivers going through can, can smell what the other people are having for dinner. Um, but changing tack slightly again. So something that I was thinking about this week, obviously, when I knew that you were coming on was, you know, we've got AAA investing a lot of themselves now into GT racing to become, um, you know, prime like a Mercedes support in Australia. You've got... Audi doing the same thing in uh, with the Melbourne Performance um, Centre from a not a financial but from like a practical point of view. Have you noticed it? Has it made it easier to go GT three racing having a presence in the Gold Coast or in Melbourne as opposed to having to kind of communicate with Europe? Oh yeah, look the the. Um... The ability for us to get parts and have a customer theme here was a real big factor as to why we bought the Mercedes. Mm. Um, you know, the support you get is pretty, it's pretty special. Like even at the 12-hour AMG send, you know, probably 15 professionals from AMG Motorsport down to Australia. They have engineers. They have all the tech heads. They come in. They help all the teams equally. Um, so, you know, you, you want that kind of service and, and that, especially when you buy um, a GT3 car. I mean, we looked at quite a few. If you don't have customer support, it's 
becomes hard. Yeah. Did, did you guys actually source the upgrade for your car from um, Triple Eight? Yeah. So yeah. HWA, yeah, Triple Eight for the customers. Okay. Yeah. How does that? How does that look on a like on the race weekend when you're at Bathurst? So when they you got the twelve like the Mercedes team come down to be of assistance, is that do you have to go to them and say you know? What's what's a good baseline? You know, this is what we're struggling. What do you is it kind of you going to them, or do they assign a person to a couple of cars, and they're kind of always hovering around? They're always hovering around, and they'll answer any question we have. So we, you know, we're upgrading our car. We'll be lucky if we get a shakedown and a, and a quick test. Yeah. We by no man no means will have the car in in any shape of of any like substantial testing, like we're missing the Phillip Island test, which is in four days. Yeah. Um, so it's, we're going to be on the back foot. So hopefully AMG will come to us and say, here's a baseline set up. This is where you need to start. This is what the data we've had from the last few years at Bathurst. And then that allows us to, to start relatively in the window and allow us to fine tune the car to suit, to suit us. And the updates are, are they um, aerodynamic or they're, um, it's pretty substantial. It's all, okay. you know, the front end's all different, the rear, the spoilers, the, yeah, okay. it's pretty substantial. It's a whole different car. When you look at our our old car and a new car side by side, you realise our car's old. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. The grill, I, I never realised how much how much bigger the new grill is until yeah. you see them side by side. You're like, wow, that's actually a much yeah. bigger front end. Is yeah. there any word on the street if it's an, uh, more... Um, driver-friendly sort of uh, weapon to drive? or um... I think no one really says too much, but, um, but I, look, it's an upgrade. I mean, if you think about it just in practical sense, mm. I'm assuming AMG is going to provide an upgrade that's going to ensure the car is either faster or more, more sustainable. Like, it's going to have benefits, right? So we're going to get those benefits now and... Hopefully that equates to lap time and consistency. That's that's what did, we're hoping for. Did you see Tony Bates AMG today? Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Okay. It's good. It's exciting. It's it's um. He's not, he's not in your class though. No, nah, he's in the. I saw that. I saw the um the the supercar drivers he's bringing. I was like, wow, that's a pretty serious pro am pro yeah. entry. Look, Jordan Love. I raced against Jordan Love in the Nissan Sprint car. That kid's just phenomenal. Mm. He is something special. And in a GT3 car, <laughs> what he's a raced weapon. for two years now as well, and he's been pretty yeah. impressive. Like, he's raced two seasons of GT World Challenge. I think he did silver, and last year he did Pro-Am. Yeah. He's awesome. Like, he's he's a proper... Hey, don't be surprised if you see him in the top 10 shootout. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the drivers that are coming out of Carrera Cup and from Australia and, and making their way to Europe, um, all of them, mate, we've got some good talent in, in some... Yeah. In, is, is Jackson Evans racing in the um, Bathurst 12 hour this year? Yeah. Mate, I'm not sure. Nothing's been announced, but the second, the second Porsche, the teams haven't actually been announced, I don't think. I think there's two, there, so there just, two EBM diggers. There's uh, yeah. the then they've got the, the, the Manti, Manti and the Grove. Insane. Yeah. Manti released their bed lineups, I think. And then, mm, I know, that's what uh, Campbell, Yamane, and. and yeah. They're going to be Another. fast, man. They'll be they'll be tough to beat, I think. The only thing that might be working against them is they're driving driving twenty four hours at Daytona, then they're flying to Australia, then they've got to get that's, to Bathurst, and then they're that's be... what they do, mate. That's what they yeah. do. Um, <laughs> that's their job. That's their job. Uh, hey, you know what's interesting? Mm. 
I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a tip. So the nine nine one point one GT three R. The last year before the nine nine two came out, it won Bathurst. Yeah. This is the last time they'll run the nine nine one point two GT three R, and they brought the Manti big guns in to Bathurst. I can tell you, they, uh, they they are hunting for a proper win so they can send this car off. Do you reckon they're going to get um, some favourable BOP? Uh, <laughs> probably. I'll tell you, you what, if there's a the car B- that you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't BMW, mind seeing. The BMW definitely get some favourable BOP, I think. Well, they looked really good yesterday, I'll tell you what. They looked really – the uh, WRT um, – like I was yeah. watching, I watched about six hours of the. Talk. Jets, I'm just going to turn the light on. Yeah, dark, good. yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, you can still talk. Okay, Joe, yeah. as a BMW fan, man, they looked awesome. They, they looked they, scary. They they did look they did look really good. Um, the problem was the two real competitors for them, which were the um, Al Manor, both of the two um, Mercedes that was that were supposed to be competing took themselves out super early. It's the second time in two months that the two Mercedes that were whole and second in bloody Dubai and then in um, Abu Dhabi for the Abu Dhabi 12-hour, then in Dubai, they've two Mercedes that were supposed to be gunning for the win, wiped themselves out early in the piece. Yeah, but I've got, I've got, um, I've got hesitations about BMW being a BMW connoisseur. And when I think about it with my, um, with my Oracle hat on, WRT has never actually, um, Run at um, at Bathurst. I don't think. I think they've always run as Audi Sport um, Melbourne, the, the Audi team. Who's this? So BMW. I don't. Uh, no, WRT has yeah. never run at Bathurst. Oh, okay. So you're bringing a new car with drivers who haven't driven that car at Bathurst with a team jo- that hasn't actually Joseph, raced at jo- Bathurst. Joseph, it's WRT, man. I I, I, un- I understand <laughs> that, but when, but when you've got like. <laughs> It's um, not MPC. It's th- these I, guys are probably the best. I know, but then uh, my my thing is they're coming here. Triple Eight does very good at Bathurst in both categories. You've got the Porsches that do very well at Bathurst. Um, I'm just not getting my hopes up. I'm just keeping a, a, a consistent baseline and giving myself excuses for the first year. And I reckon they, they, they look they look bloody good, man. No, they look. Mate, great, they, I'd tell you they're a good looking car too. I won by three minutes. Three and a half minutes. But that, my, no, that, my, that's the closest Dubai 24-hour race since 2009. Yeah. Really? That's a close 24-hour race. That's super close, man. And there's, and that, that track doesn't have a lot of safety cars, does it, because of the um, – Yeah, they have full, full, course they full, full course yellows, which are oh. awesome. Yeah. They're, 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 they're really good. You know, I had a question that is – it's not probably it's not so relevant to you as a driver, and I don't think – I don't think it's personal anyway, but one thing when I was watching the um, GT World Challenge last year was there seems to be, and I don't know whether it's just that in Australia we're still trying to build the category in a sprint format or in a you know capacity over the course of the year, but the discrepancies between pro drivers and AM drivers, um, particularly the AMs, can be a little bit large. So you've got kind of um, some M drivers that you might as well call them silvers because they're, they're that fast, like someone like Sam Shahin, um, yeah. compared to some of the other classified M drivers look, as well. Do you think that could, when you see that racing and 
the fact that they're closing 40 seconds in 20 minutes in some situations, does that weaken the spectacle? Does that turn you no. off in any way? No, no, not particularly because, like, an amp's an amp. And, mm. you know, you're going to get guys who are fast and, and some that aren't. The, the biggest difference is, you know, it's, it's seat time. Mm. Like, are they more talented? Probably not. Do they spend more time in the car? Yeah, Sam spends a lot of time in the car. You know, that's, that's, I mean, look, if you look at someone like Sam, when he, you know, he uses Mission Sprint Challenge as a, as a practice for career cup, mm. you know, he's doing double duties and, and that's, that's a lot of drive time. You know, you, you know, if you look at someone like myself, for example, you know, I, I'd barely do testing. Mm. I just rock mm. up on a weekend and go, let's go charge forward, <laughs> have a crack, you know. <laughs> When we have when we have gone and done testing at the same track we're going to race at previous years, um, Serge and I, you know, we did it at Winton, we won the round. Hmm. Did it at Phillip Island, we won, we run a couple of races. So, if you have that commitment, then yeah, you you can you know the discrepancy won't be that much. But that, it's it's a real difficult thing to do. You know, you, a lot of us are running businesses. I know I'm running a business and racing. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's still secondary. Probably secondary, you know. And as much as we want it to be, to be the most important thing, it's just not. Um, so it's it's hard to find the time to do that amount of testing. But yeah, the guys that have the time, they're, they're the super fast ones. And you know, it's up to us to lift our game. It's it's yeah. not a penalty on them. It's it's up to us if we want to compete, truly compete. Then we need to put in the hard work, and that's yeah. simple as that. I think the one awesome thing to see at the end of last year was that with the Australian product, last race of the year at Adelaide, we had, you know, Chris Mees, Kelvin Vanderlinder jumping into, you know, our category or our um, world challenge just because of the product that we have. And I think if there's a testament to what Australians are doing right in motorsport and particularly the growth of, of this of this category as well, um, that has to be, you know, a gold star for the trajectory, trajectory, I should say, um, of the category. But to finish with, um, I wanted to mention something oh, quickly as well, just along those lines. Um, I feel like last year, the one thing that last year's Bathurst 12 hour showed was that realistically, it is great having all the international talent, all the international teams coming across, you know, adding to the event but we have a strong enough category here that we can put on the event and it still be a great event, you know, without that, without that, the need for that even to fly in. Like we're other than the spa 24, we're the only race in the international problem in the, in the, in that, what is it? Intercontinental challenge that could really probably support putting on their own GT race. When you think about it, mm. because yeah. we, we get, we get a big enough grid, even if we don't have the international teams flying in. So yeah, look, it's, there's there's a lot there's a lot to say about. I mean, there's a lot of different points of view, and you raise some really good points. Um, but there's a lot to say about improving the product and improving, you know, you know the the spectacle. But not only that, it's also how do you engage with more the proams or the amateurs to to bring more on and get more involved, and and what are some of the things that the the category can do to profile. Um, more of the yams because at the end of the day that that's what's going to lift 
the numbers, you know, like I've got I've got three or four mates who have GT cars sitting in the garage. Let's let's get them out on the racetrack. What are, what are we doing as a category to help get them out on the racetrack and encourage them to to bring their cars out? And, in, and that race vein, in that vein, have you got any ideas about ideas that could be um, put in place? Just spitballing. Oh, look, because it is a, it is an interesting proposition. I think the easy one is putting it on supercars weekends, but I think I don't think that's the you know the the bit like the only sort of engagement that you should be trying to achieve there should be you know more look, personal ones yeah look uh, supercars run amazing amazing events amazing weekends they have the profile they have you know i think you know if i look at the calendar i'll probably do the supercar events i'll probably go to wanneroo i'll probably go to sydney motorsport park and do adelaide because I know they're they're great events, you know, and they're great tracks. They're great tracks. They're good. It's like, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, yep. You know, no disrespect to to Queensland Raceway. Would I want to take my GT car to Queensland Raceway? Like, that's that's an expensive weekend um, to attract. It's not really. It's not built for a GT car. It's yep. you know, it's like going to race at, at Wakefield Park. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, so it's just, I mean, it's just bits and pieces. And look, get it coming up with just coming up with different ideas, different different offerings is I think is key. You know, the suit racing at night, City Motorsport Park. Great like, idea. GT can host its own six hour there mm. without a doubt. You know, or a four well, hour. Like what? What are Australian we Superbikes is doing a night race there this year. I mean. And I, I know we spoke to, to um, one of the riders uh, last week from Australian Superbikes and like not even talking shit about Superbikes, but I feel like you would probably get a bigger crowd at a night GT3 race or evening to night race than you would at an Australian Superbikes race because we've seen a successful endurance race happen at Sydney Motorsport Park a couple of years ago. 500 lapper? Um, oh, we did uh, a four hours. So we did a four hour. I think it was a four hour, yeah. Were you, yeah. Were you involved so, in that race? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we literally we, we we literally went and, and bought an Audi R8 on the Thursday, got it delivered on the Friday, put through Valmont stickers and went racing on was just that, to do the that, four hour. Was that the um early morning race? Like it was like really early in the morning? No, nah, it was a late at night. It was a night race. Oh, okay. It's a, it was a different race then. But um It was a it was a four hour. Okay. Like so like my idea as well with the sport is you've got so many um drivers. In the sport, so we mentioned Sam Sahin, you know, we've got Tony Bates, we've got Brad Schumacher, Kelso. So sort of our idea with even with this, your interview and a few others after was sort of just speak to the, you know, the names that you hear and and sort of just hear where they're coming from, what drew them to, you know, this category and why they do it. Because you don't really hear the the who they are or why. It's sort of just, you know, the yeah. cars from the stickers um, and you see him a couple of times, you hear the names on the commentary, but there's no real um, yeah, no like tangible connection. Yeah. Not even, uh, you know, if you hear a good story about someone getting involved in something, it sort of automatically makes you root for them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what, as a category, it probably needs more of to just get people a little bit more emotionally invested. Yeah. Well, it's interesting on Stan. So Speed Series is on Stan. Stan have taken over Formula E and they've, they produced a 
like a drive to survive for Formula E. They've got WRC and they've got a similar thing for WRC. So I think the way that content is going now, I think everyone, like every sports media initiative is trying to produce, you know, this extra content where you get to know the drivers, you know, in their day jobs who and just, all that kind of who thing. Just Something did one, like some, that, even that makes yeah, it Liam, Liam Talbot, Liam Talbot just did one as well. Yeah, I really liked that video, to be honest with yeah. you. Like, just to get behind the curtain of what he's doing. Um, Are you trying to say we should do one for Valmont Racing? So it'll be funny. I'd, I'd, I, would, I, would, I would subscribe for that. I am any <laughs> any any motorsport reality TV show. Yeah. I am we are like pause for that. That is our like what is it called? What's those shows? Real Housewives. Yeah. We sit there, we'll go watch we'll go watch the Michael Fassbender show, and then we'll go watch That's the British to, the British touring cars one, then we'll go watch Drive to Survive, then yeah. we'll go watch Mud, you know. So well, if from you're a gonna practical if, point of view, Marcel, like with an initiative like that, what would it take, really? Just money. Oh, of, I don't know. Probably. Yeah, but you know, like if you're if you do it, look, I don't know. I mean, if you do it and you have a few big brands behind you to help, you mm. know, get get it out. Look, I think there's a there's a there's a lot to say about how that fan engagement process happens. I mean, look, we we sort of do it just because we just do it for fun. I mean, you know, with yourselves, the guys from Shakedown, we do mm. garage tours, you know. Um, if we're doing it for good reasons, let's do it. I mean, a lot of the guys who go racing, it's a selfish sport. Don't get it. Don't don't think it's not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a selfish sport. And um, and at the end of the day, some people do it for, for – everyone does it for their own personal reasons. But mm. from, from our perspective, we just want to go and enjoy it and challenge ourselves and have fun. And, um, do we want to win? Yeah, now we do. Now we got the same tools. Yeah, it's 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 a time to 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 set it up and, and push hard. But um, that's what we're all there for. Like we want to challenge ourselves, test ourselves. It's you know, does it matter if we're on TV? Not really. Mm. Does it help? Yeah. Yeah. You know that that's that's the reality of it. But you know, can the category do more? Yeah, I think the category needs to be braver. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've been to the Double Derby in Dubai and the Gravantic series over there. You know, they have massive fields, different class racing, um, you know, the refueling, you drive into the pit, pit lane, they got a petrol bowser, they fill your car up, off you go. Um, but it works and it's fun. Yeah. And they have massive grids and it's not pretentious and... Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's you, funny you say that because literally Creventic just brought out a video this week before the 24 hour saying this is Creventic and everything you're saying now. Yeah. The, the, the gentleman drivers that are putting their money and getting their their apparently Creventic even organizes freight for wherever for every, you're coming from. Everything, man. Everything. Yeah. And it, and it's it's just the whole point is for for me and for us, it's driving time. Like I don't want to mm. go spend a weekend away from my family. Mm. jump in the car four times and do all yeah. of an hour's worth of driving. Like yeah. that's yeah. not worth it for me. Like I've got kids and, and that sort of stuff. So my perspective, that's why we like endurance racing because you get there, you got one weekend, you go full ball, it's big, it's long, you get lots of drive time yeah. and then you're done. Yeah. And, mm. 
and that's that's what we want like prod sports you know we've got some three hours going on three hour races happening this year and i'll be run over two days and what are they going to what are you going to be driving in that production um well we were meant to be driving the audi but serge binned it so yeah, stay, stay tuned. Is that done? Is that <laughs> yeah, cool. Stay tuned. We'll see. We'll see what. There's some pretty hefty damage on that, right? Is that, right is, is, is that shots fired? Yes. Yeah, that's that's pick it up and stick it in the bin. That one. But uh, no, stay tuned. We'll see. We'll see what we're going to do it in. I do think what you mentioned there, though, about dreaming big, like we do. Like I remember when the bend track sort of uh, first came out, it was very much publicized that other than the Norse life, it is the longest yeah. sort of circuit on the track. And you mentioning sort of Creventic with a lot of cars, if there was any track you could run that sort of scale race on, um, it would definitely be that track. And we've seen, you know, an endurance, they had the, um, the World Asian, uh, yeah, the Asian, Asian Le Mans there a couple World of years ago when you saw LMPs yeah. racing with GTC. So you can definitely, that track can definitely host different speed cars racing together. Mate, every, um, every, every track can. Phillip Island can, um, even though, you know, you can't do you can't do anything at night in Phillip Island. But, you well, know. I was at Sydney Motorsport Park Sydney. this weekend for the motorbikes. And yeah. when those lights come on, yeah, it's dark, but on the track it's daytime it's awesome it's fun man it's fun it is i've done a few few night races there and it's super fun it's a great event um you get great events there like do it like let's 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 get that you know it's it's a bit disappointing that there's there hasn't been any announcement on the australian endurance series for next year um or this year is it this yeah yeah. this year this year so yeah we, we we have like that's that's a bit of a disappointment from my perspective i mean why? Why is this focus on, you know, the sprint series? I, we need to Can do I some injuries. Why do you, from your point of view, why do you think there is like? Why do you think the forty-minute race is? Is it just because they're trying to cram it in with everything else on the weekend? If a few of you guys that are all doing the GT3 racing's not put your heads together, but kind of all went to them, said the same thing, could could a longer another longer race in Australia happen? Like there's obviously the market for it, I think, with teams. There's definitely the market for it with appetite. Um, what would it take for something like that to happen? I, I don't know. I don't try not to get involved in it, mate. But, um, you know, are there people out there that would run two, three-hour races? And Yeah, I think there would be. Um, you know, it's it's like as if... There's this thing that you know we should only be doing endurance races at Bathurst. Yeah, like it's weird because the the soul of GT3 racing really is endurance racing. It's um, endurance racing, 100%. except 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 here, most races uh, around the world are endurance with a smattering of sprint. Yeah. But even the sprint is nearly twice as two long hours. as what our sprints are. Yeah, two hours. Yeah, so yeah. I think you do raise a, a very in, like you know. Good and interesting point that is very easily arguable if someone was to say, This is why. Yeah, I mean, look, it's so expensive to get these cars on the racetrack. So when you do want to spend the money, you want to you want bang for buck. Yeah. I mean, from our perspective, that's what we're looking for. I want bang for buck. Look, I'm not gonna go and spend, you know, a certain amount on a round and then go there. I mean, like tail and bend. For all the money we spent to go there, we got one one hour racing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's and that is probably other than Bathurst, the tailored track for an endurance race. Yeah. For, you know, and that's how they sold it when they built it. Yeah. It, it is um it's crazy. I so I I I like being a fan, I do think that that is the one thing that does hold the, our GT. So I would like my dream is to try and get a like here I'm spitballing, but this is what I would love to see to try and get some sort of uh, Asian one of the Asian GT races done here because we you know there is that um, sort of proximity, and then that would encourage some of our drivers to go there in a race and some of their drivers. <laughs> I, mean, I love seeing that sort of. Um, they, they uh, do you know, it. The, the 100%, they've done that before with Carrera Cup. I think they get Carrera and they Cup. Did with the Audis. Yeah, they did the Audis. Audis at, at, um, uh, at Adelaide a couple of years yeah. ago. I, so I think like there's, it, there's definitely opportunities to do that. I mean, you know, we're going to send our car to New Zealand. I can tell you that. And yeah. Do a couple of races there. New Zealand's, they, they've got some great racing down in South Island. Um, and those two tracks are awesome. They've got Highlands and um, yeah. what's the other one? Uh, no, not the other. No, not there's Highlands and uh the one that has the the, the bridge and it comes such of H oh. as well. Hampton Downs. Hampton Downs, yeah. Hampton Downs, yeah. 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 So look there's yeah. there's Sorry, there's, there's a lot there's a lot that can be done. But you know, it's the powers of B, it's I don't know. Who knows, mate? I, I don't have the answers. Sort of I to just end on a- the motto from today's episode. Dream big. Yeah, Australia needs to dream bigger on the endurance front. We've got the, I think we've got everything there to do it. We've got Valentino Rossi coming down for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah, you know, yeah, I just thought of that. Now you, you'll be you'll be rubbing wheels with with the great Varley himself. Oh, Dream gonna be awkward if I asked him for an autograph. <laughs> uh, no, because if, if I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll be like, "Hey, you're on that really good podcast this week." Oh, I was listening. Like, Can I have an autograph, man? Um, now, with all that being said, Marcel, we appreciate very much when you jump on you're always extremely accessible extremely down to earth we wish yourself the team all the best with the Bathurst 12 hour thanks we'll, mate. Be, we'll be rooting for you again and obviously whatever other races you do this year um you know you will have you know our support not that you need right. it but you'll have it anyway but thank you so oh, much. Mate, it's good it's good to we need a fan base anyway that's it if so, it, so if it rains so the, my homework for the next well. week is to is to source stickers if that's if a, a, if it rains, Joseph, I'm going to be coming to find you. I'll be sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I might even crack open a beer and just say, yeah, I'm done for the day. You know, I've was... got to bring a six-pack. Yeah. One other thing I've got to say before we go. We interviewed Joey Mawson when he just came back to Australia. He's won two S5000 championships after the interview. We interviewed Aaron Cameron just when he started TCR. He's gone and raced in France now, representing Australia. We interviewed Nathan Hearn, has done some amazing things before and since then. And we've interviewed He's gone to America this week. Now, Mark Harden. Yeah. Hearn's gone to America to race. Yeah, I know, that's what I mean. Uh, but now we've interviewed Marcel's twice. So I think Destiny oh. is saying... Well, the first time he's been into the fence. So oh. hopefully... It yeah, doesn't no. happen again, otherwise he'll never come back on. <laughs> no, no, no. This, this, it'll be fine this year, just as long as it, if it rains, I'm going to be coming after you, boys. No, I think you'll be right, mate. It's early in the year, it looks like, and Lanini's finished, you'll be good to go. So, yeah. thanks for your time, mate. And no, all good. The family as well, and enjoy the rest of your holidays, mate. Thanks a lot, guys. Good to see you see again. You see, see, yep, come say hello.
100%. So yeah, bye.